Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God. We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories, and we tell stories about everything here on this show, and some of our favorite stories are about the men and women who serve our nation in uniform. Throughout its nearly 24-year career, the Lockheed SR-71 Blackbird spy plane remained the world's fastest and highest-flying operational aircraft. From 80,000 feet, it could survey 100,000 square miles of Earth's surface in a mere hour. SR-71 pilot Brian Shule recalls in his book, Sled Driver, Flying the World's Fastest Jet. There were a lot of things we couldn't do in an SR-71, but we were the fastest guys on the block and loved reminding our fellow aviators of this fact. Here's Major Shule with his legendary story known today as the L.A. Speed Check. It's called the L.A. Speed Story. And I, it was just a story about one day it was really cool being, being SR-71 pilot. When Walter and I were doing a training mission around the United States where you just were building up hours and time. And we take off out of Beale, hit a tanker in Idaho, rip on up to uh, Montana, zip across Denver, hang a right turn in Albuquerque, out over Los Angeles, up to Seattle, back into Sacramento, two hours, 21 minutes. And you just do that for, and then you do it backwards and you hit a tanker. Too. It was just, just to gain crew coordination, get, build your hours. 
We're on our last training mission. We're over Tucson. I can see downtown LA from Tucson. We're at 89,000 feet. I can see the whole western United States bathed in a warm October fall glow. I can see the chain of Rocky Mountains from Canada to New Mexico. I could, I could just see the most beautiful picture laid at my feet and the air as smooth as glass, not a gauge moving in the cockpit. It was perfect. Now I'm thinking, we bad. <laughs> and I feel sorry for Walter because he has to monitor five radios in the back seat, so I flipped the switch up just to listen. and. LA Center is controlling, they control all, when you fly Southwest Air, the guy's controlling everybody. But we're above controlled airspace. So they have us on their scope, but they're not talking to us. Now there's controllers all over the country, Jacksonville Center, Chicago Center, Seattle Center, you know. It's the same guy. They all talk the same. And it's really cool the way they talk because they make you feel important as a pilot. They don't just say, yeah, okay, here's your thing. They make you feel really cool. So sure enough, this was pre-GPS day. Some Cessna guy has to know his ground speed. Uh, LA Center Cessna November Tangle Alpha, you got a ground speed readout for us? Now Center would like to say, who cares, get off free. <laughs> but no, he'll talk to him like he's John Glenn. Cessna November Alpha, we show you 90 knots, nine zero knots on the ground. And they do that sing song, but that's how they talk. And it makes you feel kind of cool. Right after that, a twin bonanza came up to pimp the guy for speed, I guess. And, LA Center, Twin Beach, uh, whatever. You got a ground speed readout for us? And Center likes it. God, it's Friday. Why me? God, please, just get off. Free. But he's going to talk to him like he's Air Force One. Twin Beach, shall we show you 121, two zero knots on the ground. And right after that, a Navy F-18 out of Lemoore popped up on frequency. And you knew it was a Navy guy because he talked really slick on the radio. <laughs> Center Dusty 5-2 speed check. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. Dusty 5-2 has a ground speed indicator and a million dollar F-18 cockpit. It's right there in the heads up display. Why is he calling Center to broadcast his speed? Uh, I get it. We are just the meanest, baddest, fastest military jet in the valley today. We're taking our little Hornet jet over Mount Whitney and ripping across Death Valley. We want everyone from Fresno to the coast to know what real speed is. And you can almost hear a little, a little glee in the controller's voice like, we have put an end to this. <laughs> Dusty 5-2, we show you 620, 620 knots across the ground. And it was that across the ground. See that little knife like, I hope nobody else has the nerve to get on frequency now. And there wasn't an airliner from Seattle to San Diego that wanted to be next on freak. It's sort of an etiquette thing amongst flyers. And a 12-year-old was reaching for the mic button. <laughs> and I thought, oh, no, wait, Walter's in charge of the radios. I flew single seat all those years, but I'm in the family model now. And I, I want it. No, it's the Navy that must die. It must die now. And I, <laughs> and I thought, no, but if I do, I, well, I'll upset Walter, and I want us to be a good crew. And I, at that moment, I heard a click of the mic button in the back seat. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Walter and I became a crew at that moment. In his best innocent voice, L.A. Center, Aspen 3-0. Have you got a ground speed readout for us? <laughs> you could almost hear a collective gasp on Freak, like, oh, the poor fools didn't hear the previous transmissions. Oh, they, they got crushed like a grape. It's, it's just a pilot thing. But Center had to give you that same voice. Aspen 3-0, we show you 1,992 knots <laughs> across the ground. When I knew I was going to like Walter a lot is when he came back and said, Center, we're showing a little closer to 2,000. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we did not hear another transmission on that frequency all the way to the coast. The king of speed lived, the navy had been flamed, and a crew had been formed. For just a moment, it was absolutely fun being the fastest guys on the block. And you've been listening to Major Brian Shul. His story of the SR-71 Blackbird doing a little speed check to show off just a little bit. By the way, a little about Shul. He flew 212 combat missions and was shot down near the end of the Vietnam War. Unable to eject, he was forced to ride the plane into the jungle. He was rescued by Army Special Forces and was so badly burned that he was given next to no chance to live. Ryan spent a full year in the military hospital where he underwent 
15 medical procedures and was told he would never fly again. Brian miraculously returned to full flight status, flying the A-7, then the A-10, and went on to be an instructor at the Air Force's Top Gun School. By the way, these are real-life people, folks. Real-life people. His career culminated in flying the SR-71 Blackbird. Brian was the pilot who provided President Ronald Reagan with detailed photos of the Libyan terrorist camps in 1986. Major Brian Schulz, SR-71 Blackbird story, the L.A. Speed Check, here on Our American Story. Folks, if you love the stories we tell about this great country, and especially the stories of America's rich past, know that all of our stories about American history, from war to politics to innovation, culture, and faith, are brought to us by the great folks at Hillsdale College, a place where students study all the things that are beautiful in life and all the things that are good in life. And if you can't get to Hillsdale, Hillsdale will come to you with their free and terrific online courses. Go to hillsdale.edu to learn more. And we continue with Our American Stories, and now it's time for our Tocqueville Lives segment, where we hear about the associations that ordinary Americans form each and every day to solve problems in their communities, and of course, to just plain all enjoy each other. And today's Tocqueville Lives story comes from our own Joey Cortez. Brian Broadway started his own church in Claremont, Florida outside the walls of a traditional church. Their original church of only about three families met out in the world, in a park where they could serve the needs of the homeless. And beyond their Sunday church service, they served the poor in a parking lot of a Winn-Dixie grocery store. So one of my first encounters was when I went to the the Winn-Dixie and I saw a car parked there and they would park there all day. They would park there earlier and later on that night. And I walked up to the people and I asked them if they needed anything. And they had a little girl sitting in the back seat. And they told me, no, we, we actually sleep here over the night. And then in the morning, we take my husband to work. And then I, I stay here with, with their daughter. And the little daughter's in the back seat of the car. And she's trying to get a light to read her book. And I'm just looking at it. that time, I've, I've got two daughters. And I'm looking at this cute little girl. And I'm asking her questions and her name. And she's telling me about her book. And I'm sitting there almost breaking down. Like this is someone's child, and her concept of home, her concept of a place to be with her family is the backseat of a car. How does she invite a kid over to play when she lives from parking lot to parking lot? How does, how, how does she get her clothes clean? It was the first time that I actually realized that people's children call that home. That a child thinks that the current extent of her life is this backseat of this car. The child tonight at 1.30 in the morning with people walking around with will hear noises outside and be frightened because she's in the backseat of a car. There is no air conditioning running. There is no vehicle running. The windows are cracked and someone can reach into it. That she has to live through that. There's a difference when they've been there for a while. It's like the light that's inside of them. The light that drives every child that you see in their eyes and their smile. It's like that light died out. It's like watching the death of hope side of somebody, you see it, it's different. And when you have a conversation with one of them, it's a life changer. Whether you have kids or not, you can have kids, you, you might know a niece or a nephew, you might, if it's your child or your family, you would respond because you can tell the difference. And if we let that light stay out for too long, they're gonna stay that way. The life to them is gonna be a, gr- a group of people passing them by. The life to them is just looking at people to see who else passes me by and has no concern about my existence. I sat there and I spoke to them about a half an hour, and then something happened. When I, when I got up to leave and I said goodnight, I walked away. I felt like, I felt like I, I felt like I had a problem breathing. I felt like everything in me was stopped functioning. My body just wasn't functioning. I felt like, I, I can't even explain it. It, 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 felt, it felt like dying. It felt like saying there's something happening and you're doing nothing and you're walking away. 
And after I walked away from that girl, I, I decided I made a commitment. I said, I'm not walking away again without a plan. We have to come up with a plan. I'm not walking away from these children anymore. So then I, I got this idea and I named our outreach Find, Feed and Restore. And I figured if we can f- give them a foundation first, you know, if we find them a job, then where do you find them at? Well, we don't know where they live, where their car is parked, where they're going to be sleeping at. We don't, they don't have a foundation and it's hard to build a life or build anything when you don't have a foundation to start with. So to me, the first foundation is housing. How do we get them housing? How do we give them a foundation they can build from? When I moved to Florida, one of the first jobs I got, even though I had no experience in it, I got a general manager job over an RV company. And I was running their whole lot and running their technicians. And so I began learning about travel trailers. We rented travel trailers. That's what we did. Travel trailers, fifth wheels, motorhomes. So I'd go out at least for an hour and a half a day and I'd sit with a technician. And I'd learn everything about them. I'd learn how they function, how to use them. And that some people lived them, out, lived them out here in the South. There was trailer parks and people lived in them. So then two years later, we're thinking of the outreach. And I'm like, wow, we can use travel trailers and give these people a home. I started researching how do you write grants, how do you get funds, and that's when I found out that a grant writers cost two to three thousand dollars to write a grant. So then I had another roadblock. How, how do I do that? I don't have two to three thousand dollars to pay someone to write a grant, and there's no guarantee you win the grant after they write it. What do I do from there? And then, after about a few days, just praying and wondering what can I do? I need funds, but I can't afford to get funds, and I can't get my first trailer. And then God gave me one word. I'll never forget it. I was sitting there at nighttime and he gave me one message. And the word was, learn. And that was it. That's all I had. After days of praying, after days of hoping, I got one word, learn. So at nighttime, when I come home from work, I'd play with my kids. My, my wife goes to bed at 10, 30, 11. I would get on my computer from 11 o'clock to sometimes 2 in the morning. And I would Google, how do you write a grant? I would YouTube, how to write a grant, grant tips, grant techniques. And I took every free YouTube video and every free Google PDF that they had until I learned it. It took me almost a year and I learned it. First grant to everyone was a Walmart grant. I think it was $500. And you would have thought that I won half a million dollars. I was ecstatic. I was, I was so happy. Um, it was just the biggest thing for me because it's like, wow, this has never happened. Um, so we won our first grant and I started winning grants from public supermarkets, from different foundations. Um, and I started winning grants until we got, so we got our first trailer. We had a visitor come to our church. A lady that was only coming for a few weeks visited us and said, listen, I have a family trailer that we use for vacations. And I left it in another state, but if you want it, you can have it. And she donated it with us. And we used the grant funds to tow it to get there. Um, and then when I started, I kept writing. And then I won a $1,000 grant. And then I won a $5,000 grant. Um, from 10,000 to 20,000, it kept climbing and escalating. Um, and from there, we built it up from the one trailer within two years, going from one trailer to eight trailers, and now eight trailers with duplexes. Um, but off of one word, that word was learn. But I'll never forget that. Never paid for a unit. We've all, they've always been donated for us. We just pay to upkeep them and keep them functioning. But Brian does much more than that too. He gives the families that join his program a vision and the tools to live a better life. When you come into our program, you live in the car. You don't have fresh food, you don't have anything. So when you come into a trailer, it's fully, it's fully stocked uh, from steak to sausage, uh, whatever it is you eat. We show them their units. We walk through how to maintain them and keep everything clean. We go over our process. We give you a, a life coach to help keep up with you and make sure that you're heading in the right direction. Uh, we do budgeting classes, uh, we do meal planning, we do every, all the different services that we can do to help you get back on your feet according to the game plan we preset with you. They're allowed to stay there anywhere from six to eight months renting utilities free. And after six to eight months, they should be working and they'll get a bill for $200 a month for their rent and $50 a month for their electric. And they'll start paying those bills using the budgeting classes. They've learned things to budget their money and start paying the bills. After six to eight months, we hope to be able to get them into their own place, to get them into back into self-sufficiency, where they own their own or, they ha- or they're out in their own apartment. Uh, we go over how to promote, get promoted at your job, putting forth your best effort, being on time, just some basic skills training. So that's our, that's our main program goal, get, get people from homeless to hopeful into self-sufficient lifestyles 
and our program has it's proven effective. The foundation first is key, or what they now call housing first, getting them into a safe place to have a foundation, and then wrapping all the services around them that they need to become self-sufficient. And we found that to be most effective. Next week, we're going to a closing. A lady bought her own park model trailer, and she's closing on it next week, and we're actually going to take pictures. That lady lived about six or seven blocks away from our church. She lived in a blue Chevy Malibu with a four-year-old and a six-year-old, and she lived there for four months with those kids. So to see her come from this to that, it's just, it's a life-changing, it's a life-changing event. And when we come back, we're going to hear more from Brian Broadway, the pastor of Living Message Church in Claremont, Florida. And by the way, we know this is happening all over the country, beautiful stories like this from churches, civic organizations. Send them to us at OurAmericanNetwork.org. That's OurAmericanNetwork.org. Our Tocqueville Lives segment continues after these messages. This is Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in our lives, big ones and small ones. If we keep them bottled up, boy, that can be a real problem. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I know people who've profoundly benefited from therapy, learning everything from coping skills to setting boundaries in their life. You don't have to have experienced major trauma to benefit from therapy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's safe. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. 
Visit BetterHelp.com slash OAS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash OAS. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash OAS. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. And we return to Our American Stories and to Brian Broadway's story. And I love that he had just mentioned a simple sentence, turning someone from homeless into hopeful. Now let's return to Brian Broadway's story. For the past three years, so from the trailers from last week to the trailers that's coming in two weeks, I cleaned them uh, with a team of another two or three people. So I've cleaned every single trailer we've had. So one thing with trailers is that trailers can't use regular toilet paper. They can't even use septic-safe toilet paper. They use what's called dissolvable toilet paper. It dissolves in water. You buy it at Walmart, but it's not in the toilet paper section. It's in the, tra- the RV section, the auto section. You know, Walmart has that auto section across. You go to the auto section, and they sell dissolvable toilet paper for RVs. Or you buy it from an RV store. So I, I try to... This is one of the things I tell people. And now, I stock it. When someone, when someone comes to the trailer, I stock it for them. So a lady obviously didn't follow the instructions, and she used regular paper. So I, she says the toilet's backed up. She goes, my kids just use the bathroom. There's poop coming above the top of the toilet. So it's about 11 o'clock at night. And I said, maybe I have to wait till tomorrow. She says, we'll sleep outside in the car. We can't take the, the smell. Um, we'll just we'll sleep outside. And my wife looks at me and she says, Brian, she has two, three kids, one with special needs. You have to go. So I'm like, you're right, I have to go. So I get up and I bring my plunger. I bring my normal stuff. And you can smell it from the outside of the trailer. And I walk into the trailer. They sit outside. They want to sit in the smell. So the family, the wife, the, mom, the lady, her mom, and the three kids sit outside. It's pitch black. It's 1130 at night. I'm in there trying to get this thing unstuck. There's poop all on the top of it. So then I had to go to the store, buy buckets, and I had to take scoop the poop out and put it into a container. So then what I forgot is that you should open up the valves before you start in the bottom of the trailer to get the pressure out. I didn't think because I just wanted to get this thing done with. So I start pushing and putting my tools in there to try to push it through and the thing backsplashes and it shoots. <laughs> it shoots over my chest, over my chin. And, uh, and I I just react. I run outside. I take my shirt off. I run, I'm running around. I'm like, oh my, I'm screaming. I'm running around and I turn around and I realize that there's the three kids sitting down in this bleacher watching me like a madman run around with no shirt on. <laughs> from this poop that just shot out on me. So that that was a lesson on making sure you release the pressure in the tanks by opening up the tubes uh, before uh, before <laughs> before trying to clean them out. So there are certain things that I learned along the way <laughs> when cleaning trailers. But I always say, e- even with that, where you, you come out kind of messy, I still walked away saying, God, I thank you that I have life to serve. I had the arms and the strength to do it. I, one day I won't be able to do it anymore, but I thank you that today I had the ability to do it. No matter how messy it was, you let me do it. But uh, still lessons you learned along the way. <laughs> and Brian, well, he's learned some more serious ones too. When we first started, we didn't know as much as we know now. So we've added on more things. Number one, we didn't realize the, the huge impact of bullying. That most of these kids go to school wearing the same outfit they wore yesterday, they're not clean because they washed up in the gas station where they just washed their face in the sink and they're being bullied. And we did, we were not, when we first started, we didn't even think about that. So we had to introduce, add into child counseling. So we found child counseling experts in our area and we write grants to be able to afford it. But we, for the kids being bullied, uh, we bring them to child therapists so they can learn to overcome and be comfortable going back to school. Um, so there was, there's a lot of pieces that we add on as we've learned um, what the main things are. So the, the, the counseling for the children is huge. 
um, for the teenagers. What, what are their goals? You got a teenager, let's figure out their goals. What are they doing after school? What are their plans? What are they working towards? So we, tr we do it for everyone to make sure that everyone has a game plan of what they want to achieve and what they're trying to do. A big goal for a big problem. According to Brian, the need in his community is anything but small. Oh my gosh, it's huge. It is astounding. It's astoundingly huge. Every nonprofit calls us for housing. Every church calls us for housings. I mean, we're, we're churches with 2,000, 3,000 members call us with their members for housing. For some context on this, Brian has a congregation of only about 125 members, and the churches with thousands of members call him. The amount of communities that live in the woods is huge, especially in Florida, because there's so many, there's so much woods. You can move mad with a tent and no one's even know you're there. But the demand is huge. The amount of calls we get from the school system is huge. The amount of calls we get from the police department, that's huge. The police department put together their own homeless task force now, just to try to keep them safe and try to figure out ways they can stay. Um, so the, the need is huge uh, in our area and throughout most of, a lot of Lake County. The need is indeed huge. But for those fortunate enough to get into Brian's program, there's also a huge impact. Earlier this year, it's just been some amazing success stories. We have a couple that just graduated, the one that's on their home, and they still, and they donate to the program monthly, which to me is huge. That's just incredible. One lady, she graduated her program, and she was pretty quick. She actually worked at one of the local hospitals. And so she was a professional and fell on a hard time. She was left, and she had three kids to tend to. And we got her into our program. We got her into subsidized child care. We got everything set up for her. And then about maybe three and a half months to the program, she, she just called, and she was excited. She said, thank you so much. I just got my own place. I'll be renting a home, and um, I'll be done with the trailer by Friday. So we, you know, every time someone's done with a trailer, now some people leave you in a nice trailer that's semi-clean. And some people are so excited that they rush out, they grab all their stuff, and they just leave you all the mess. So you get both sides. So not knowing what we get, I go there with two or three people normally. So this time I went with two people. I brought all our cleaning supplies. We have our cleaning baskets set aside. And uh, we came in there, and I opened the door, and it smelled like lemons. I'm like, what is this? And I walked into the trailer. It was flawlessly cleaned. I mean, just unbelievably flawlessly clean. I was like, well, guys, we have nothing to do here. And then I went to the refrigerator. I said, well, let's clean the refrigerator out, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get the next group and restock for them. And I opened the refrigerator, and the refrigerator was full. And I opened the freezer, and the freezer was full. Not only was it full, every item, because I did the shopping for her, every item that I bought, she brought the same exact one and put it back, which means she actually wrote down everything I put in that refrigerator when she moved in. And the steak that I brought, she brought it back. I always buy a, a pack of sausage. I always buy an uh, eight-pack of uh, chicken cutlets from the cook. She put an eight-pack back. She brought the same juice back. She put the bottled water back. She put the fruit back. Uh, everything that I bought, she bought to the tea and put it all back in the refrigerator. Uh, this, to the cereal, to the pasta, to the pasta sauces, to the canned beans that I bought. She brought every single item and put it back. And I was just so moved by that because no one has ever done that for us before. And what a story and what a voice. And that's Pastor Brian Broadway in Claremont, Florida. And again, Americans do this all over the country. We are a beautiful people. By the way, this story was brought to us by the Mortgage Family Foundation, and they've supported his work. And philanthropy, by the way, is another form of association in this great country. I wanted to close out right now with Brian talking about his favorite verse in the Bible and how it's been his source of inspiration. It's from Galatians. Let's take a listen as we close out here on Our American Stories. Grow not weary in well-doing, for if you grow not weary, you shall re reap a reward in the end. But tells me that doing well is to be a part of my everyday life, and that the true reward is not what I get back on this earth. The true reward is what I get from God when my time is done. My time will end on this earth. One day the, the sun will set on my existence, but the good news is that I did the work. I ran the race. I didn't grow weary in doing well. What I was born for, I completed. And that's why that verse has so much value to me. Do what you were born for. 
and complete it. Do it well. Don't quit when it gets hard. Don't quit when people tell you you can't make it. Don't quit when you get a no. No, you're not getting the money. No, we can't help you. No, you don't get the trailer. No, you're not getting this. Don't quit at the nose. Push through it. Don't grow weary in doing what is well, what is good, what is just, what is kind. The reward that you receive is greater in the end. So that's, that's just my favorite. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. This is Our American Stories, and up next, an important story about our own history. In 1803, the United States bought the Louisiana Territory from France, doubling the size of this country. Here's our own Monty Montgomery and Dr. Brad and Deidre Berzer with the story. The year is 1803, and four people, Thomas Jefferson, Robert Livingston, James Monroe, and Napoleon, are about to get involved in one of the most interesting land deals in history. Here's Brad Berzer and Deidre Berzer of Hillsdale College with more. 
So the Louisiana Purchase was one of those fascinating moments in really world history, not just in American history, but you have that moment where Napoleon is trying so hard to maintain his grasp and his control on things going on in Europe and in the colonies, but because of the Haitian Revolution, he loses control of the West Indies and it takes him a lot of money and a lot of manpower, a lot of resources to try and reclaim that. And when he gets bogged down trying to reclaim Haiti, he decides that one of the best things to do in the new world is get rid of Louisiana, which the French of course had controlled for centuries and uh, wanted to recontrol again. I mean, they believed that they could recreate New France in some way and maybe in a very revolutionary direction. But once the Haitian Revolution happened and Napoleon started losing his grip on the New World, he decided that it was really in his best interest to get as much money as possible, actual specie, get money, uh, get as much money as possible and sell off the possibility or the obligations that he had in North America. New Orleans is in incredibly important in this, too. So in New Orleans, the Spanish had declared that the right to deposit was no longer going to be allowed. So that meant that traders could no longer stockpile their goods in New Orleans waiting for ships to take them out. So Livingston had been sent by Jefferson to France to try to buy New Orleans and West in South Florida, <laughs> to buy Florida. And so that's what they had permission to do when Napoleon then presented this offer of buying all of Louisiana. And they couldn't get a message across the Atlantic fast enough for Jefferson to weigh in on it. So uh, Monroe was due in the next day as Secretary of State. So it was really up to Livingston and Monroe what to do. And um, they had to figure that out, really, kind of second-guessing what would Jefferson want them to do. And they said, yes, we will buy Louisiana. And so Napoleon supposedly said something along the lines of, what will you give it to me for? <laughs> I mean, what will you give me for it? And he does so with $15 million. Uh, once he does that, we gain an extra 800,000 square miles, one of the largest land deals ever done in world history. It almost, not quite, but almost doubled the legal size of the United States at that point. And that means that we're purchasing acreage at about three cents an acre, which is why it makes it one of the most important and weirdest land deals in history. But despite the amazing deal on land, the purchase wasn't without controversy. Jefferson himself was reluctant to make the purchase only because he didn't know if Article 2 of the, of the U.S. Constitution, or even if the Constitution as a whole, allowed us to purchase land. But there was a huge difference in acquiring land and paying for land. So they, they made a, a strong distinction between what we would call expansionism versus what would have been called imperialism at the time. Uh, Jefferson was an anti-imperialist, but he was very pro-expansion. And people in his party, like his secretary, or his, uh, the Speaker of the House at the time, John Randolph of Roanoke, was adamantly opposed to the possibility of the executive using money this way and using the executive power to purchase land for a lot of reasons. One, they were worried about what would happen to the American Indian. They were worried about the question of slavery. Jefferson, of course, was adamantly against slavery in the West, uh, adamantly, but there was still this worry. And it also, there was a worry that there was being too much power being given given to the executive. So when we look back now, we celebrate. It's become so much a part of our, our narrative as an American people that it's very hard for us to question it. But at the time, it was truly questioned and it caused a lot of political problems. Jefferson himself had qualms, but he decided that it was worth the risk simply because the opportunity was so great and, as Deidre said, was so chancy because you know, Napoleon was problematic and he was moody and you didn't know exactly what he was going to do on one day or the next day. And here was this opportunity. And so Jefferson decided just to go ahead and make the most of it. And one of the reasons that Lewis and Clark were being sent out as quickly as they were was to show and demonstrate that this Louisiana purchase was worth it. 
You know, they did have some sort of idea of what was in Louisiana, but most of it was rumors. And Jefferson's own ideas changed about changed on this pretty dramatically. Uh, if you look at some of his writings in the 1780s and the 1790s, Jefferson was convinced that there were certain vapors that the West breathed, and maybe these came from stories of Yellowstone, but that there were vapors that allowed the Indians to be physically superior to the European. He thought that in the West, there were still probably mastodons. There were various kinds of, of ancient creatures still running around, and in large part because of these vapors that were supposedly were being breathed. But, and I say all of this because it's, I mean, it, it sounds so absurd to us now. By 1803, Jefferson had calmed down on a lot of this, and wasn't so convinced that there had been these kind of uh, almost mythical elements of the West, but those mythical elements certainly helped shape how we viewed the West. But even some of their more serious views on things that potentially existed in the West would seem a bit strange today. They wanted to see if there was a passage to Japan and China and to India and find out if there was a way to have a trade route in which America could gain control over that Eastern trade and outcompete Europe as well. There was this strange vision and it's an old enlightenment vision, but it's the idea that land has to have symmetry to it. So if Eastern America had the Appalachian Mountains and it had the Mississippi River, then Western America had to have the equivalent of the Appalachian Mountains and the equivalent of a Mississippi River. Now, that's ridiculous, of course, and we know land doesn't work that way, but that was part of 18th century thought on the way that creation worked, that there would have to be that symmetry. But even if we don't take it to that level, you can imagine what 800,000 square miles of farmland would mean for the average European coming over to America. I mean, this is a paradise, an absolute paradise. The same land had been farmed for generation after generation, sometimes thousands of years in Europe. And now suddenly there's what they call virgin soil or virgin land in America. This, this seemed Edenic or utopian to them. And uh, they certainly believed that they had this gift from God that is this, this huge amount of land and that they should take as much of that as they can, not in a greedy sense, but in the sense that it needed to be used in the way that God wanted it to be used, as we see in Genesis, where God gives stewardship and dominion to man. Jefferson personally, of course, was not that religious. But Jefferson did see expansion into the West as something that was glorious and important for America. In 1801, Jefferson said, a rising nation spread over a wide and fruitful land, traversing all the seas with the rich productions of their industry, engaged in commerce with nations who feel power and forget right, advancing rapidly to destinies beyond the reach of mortal eye. When I contemplate these transcendent objects and see the honor, the happiness, and the hopes of this beloved country committed to the issue and the auspices of this day, I shrink before the contemplation and humble myself before the magnitude of the undertaking. And that, that was critical for Jefferson. This idea that this land is this gift that's given to us to attempt a republic, to actually see if we can have an agrarian republic. And Jefferson makes this statement at the time, and this, you know, we think about the symmetry being odd and the fact that there might be mastodons with possibilities just bizarre. Uh, when we look back, especially, I mean, given Jefferson, maybe the, the most intelligent mind ever born on, on North or South American soil, how could he think like that? Well, let me put it this way. One way to think about America is always to understand the West as its future. If America is to have a future, it will always be in the West. That was the understanding in the late 18th and early 19th century. So when you talked about the West, you're really talking about America and what America is. There was that much of an identification with what the West was and what the frontier was. So that's part of what Jefferson is playing into when he's able to go ahead and purchase these 800,000 square miles. Part of the reason he's able to do that is because of this great myth of America. It's not a false myth, I think it's a true myth, but this myth of, well, what is the West? The West is our future, and we definitely have to secure it. And great job as always to Monty, and a special thanks to Dr. Brad and Deidre Berzer. The story of the Louisiana Purchase, here 
on Our American Story. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment with a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 